started by singing some praises to our awesome God. Do you ever feel afraid? Even David, who was a brave warrior and a mighty king, felt afraid sometimes. You know what he did? Well, listen to what he wrote in the book of Psalms. Then you'll know what to do next time you feel afraid. From Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust.
sent John the Baptist, a prophet, to teach people that Jesus really was God's Son and their Savior. John the Baptist was different from other people. His food was locusts and wild honey, and his clothes were made from animal fur. John was a good teacher. He taught the people to share their food and clothes. He also taught them about baptism. Do only good. Stop doing bad things, said John. Sometimes people thought John was Jesus. No, John would tell them. I have come to get you ready for Jesus. He is much greater than I am. sure makes your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible and Living Sound. Uh, your Majesty, Nathan the Prophet requests an audience. And we mustn't refuse the Prophet of God, Scribe. Audience granted. May you live forever, Your Majesty. I presume you came on a specific mission? The Lord God of Israel sent me, Your Majesty. Uh, yes. Thou, O King, art kind and just and understanding. Uh, I wish to relate to His Majesty a story and receive his advice. Oh, well, uh, say on. <laughs> there were two men in one city, O King. 
the one rich, the other poor, for he had nothing except one little ewe lamb. And the little lamb became a pet to the man and his children. And there came a traveler to the rich man's house, and the rich man prepared him meat. But instead of using one of his many sheep, he took the poor man's pet lamb and slew it and served it to the traveler. As the Lord liveth, the rich man that has done this thing deserves to die. He shall restore the lamb fourfold to the poor man, because he had no mercy or pity. You are this man, O king. I am he, the rich man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I delivered you from the anger of Saul. I gave you the crown of Israel and of Judah. If you had needed more, I would have given it to you. Therefore, why have you despised the commandment of God and done evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah with a sword and have taken his wife to be your wife. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house. Evil shall also raise up against you out of your own house. I have sinned against the Lord. I must... I must ask God to forgive me. The Lord will forgive your sin. You shall not die. But the consequences of the sin cannot be undone. Because of this deed, you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Therefore, the first child born to you and Bathsheba shall surely die. Know this, David. The wages of sin is death. Long live the king. Scribe, I shall retire to my private chambers. I'm not to be disturbed. of sin. What? This child, our firstborn, is paying the penalty of my sin. He's going to... to die because of your sin. While there's still life in the little fellow, I shall pray unto God to spare his life. I shall fast and lie upon the earth. Perhaps God will be gracious to me and the child not die. David, it's been seven days since our child became ill. For seven days you have fasted and lain upon the earth. Why continue this folly? Oh, Lord God of heaven, forgive her, for she knows not what she says. And be gracious unto me, the chief of sinners. And visit not my iniquity upon the child, for he is innocent. It is I who am guilty of great sin. I should receive punishment from my... Scribe, come here. Long live the king. I notice some of the court members whispering among themselves. Is it my child? Is he dead? Uh, he is dead, your majesty. Uh, scribe, go and bring me clean clothes, a basin of water, and the anointing solution. 
Also bring me some food. Uh, yes, Your Majesty. But uh, well, while your child still lived, you, you fasted and wept. Now that the child is dead, you wipe away your tears and arise and eat. Why? While the child was yet alive, I said... Who can tell whether God will be gracious unto me, that the child may live and not die? But now he is dead. Should I continue to fast? Can I bring him back again? No. I said I must restore fourfold, and this is the first. Oh, Bathsheba, my influence upon Israel... And especially upon my own household, my own family is gone. The results of my sin are sure. <laughs> Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-634. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. What are you looking for? My science book. The one with the picture of the moon on the front? 
How can you find anything in that locker? It looks like something exploded in there. Something did. My science project. By the way, how's your praying going? God still ignoring you? Actually, no. I did what you said and started listening after I pray. And I think he's given me some pretty good ideas. Like what? Well, last week, when my mom was sick, I asked God what to do to help her get better. And? And God gave me a really good thought. Let me guess. He suggested that you not bug her all the time and let her rest? Well, that might have worked too. But after I prayed, I thought about soup. Soup? Yeah, you know, soup. So I made some. You made your mother something to eat? Yep, I made her my famous Carlos stew. <laughs> you have a stew named after you? Yes, it's all natural ingredients and comes in a can labeled tomato soup. I just added my secret ingredient, and she loved it. Your secret ingredient being... Crackers. Carlos, that's tomato soup and crackers. There's nothing secret about that. Ah, but when I gave it to her, I whispered, Mom, here's some soup to make you feel better. I made it myself, and I love you. She smiled and said thank you. Soon, she got better and told me that my Carlos stew was the best medicine there is. Hmm, next time I get sick, you can make me some Carlos stew too. But you can leave out the I love you part. Just give me the soup. Jesus wants to be our friend. He's interested in everything we do and longs to be included in our lives. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. In the case of the secret code, Willie starts getting strange messages on his computer. Could they really be from God? Chapter 1. The Secret Message Willie Teller stared at his computer screen and couldn't believe it. He rubbed his eyes, but the numbers wouldn't go away. Who on earth would send him a message in secret code? It all started when his parents went on an out-of-town trip together. Grandpa came to stay with Willie and brought some good news. He had ordered a modem for Willie's computer. What's a modem, Grandpa? Willie asked. It's a machine that lets your computer talk to other computers over the telephone. It had seemed funny, computers talking to each other. I wonder if they tell each other jokes, Willie thought as he sat on the front porch sharing a bowl of ice cream with Coco. Ruff, Coco begged for another bite. Okay, one more. As he dropped a spoonful into Coco's bowl, the mail carrier walked up the sidewalk carrying a brown package. Here you go, Willie, the mail carrier said. This package is for you. Thanks, Mr. Davis. Just then, Grandpa came out to say hi. Hey, Grandpa, Willie said as Mr. Davis listened. I've got a joke for you. What did the computer say after he was finished cutting the lawn? The mail carrier looked at Willie, puzzled. I didn't know computers could do that. He looked at Grandpa and winked. It's a riddle, Mr. Davis. Come on, Willie grinned. I give up, Willie Grandpa said. What did the computer say after he was finished cutting the lawn? Modem. Get it? Modem. Willie laughed hard, and the two men just shook their heads. I made that one up all by myself. I can believe it, Willie Grandpa said. The mail carrier waved and walked back to the street. Willie laughed under his breath as he helped Grandpa install the modem. 
Computer jokes kept popping into his mind. Willie's computer wasn't the biggest in the world, but he had lots of bytes of memory on his hard drive. He smiled when he remembered when the computer was new. A bite? he had asked his dad. What does a computer chew? It's not like that, his dad answered. Think about it like this. You measure how much you weigh in pounds. You measure how tall you are in inches. For a computer, the amount of information it can keep in its memory is measured in bytes. Willie nodded. I get it. Bytes. With a Y. Dad went on, your computer stores its bytes of memory on a hard drive. The hard drive records the information as a cassette tape records music. Finally, Grandpa was ready. This is where computer users call to talk to each other, Grandpa said as he showed Willie how to dial up the local computer bulletin board. Why don't they just use the phone like everyone else? A bulletin board lets several of them talk to each other at the same time, explained Grandpa. They can also leave each other messages and swap programs such as computer games. Games? I like computer games. Willie, you have to remember one important thing, Grandpa said. Using a computer bulletin board is like going to town, and you need to be just as careful. You meet all kinds of people, some nice, some not so nice. If you see anything that you think might be bad, you tell me, okay? Willie nodded. When you call a computer bulletin board, the system operator keeps track of who you are and how often you call, explained Grandpa, but you get to make up a name to use when you talk to other people in the network. That's the fun part. Cool. Willie typed in his real name and home phone number. Then the bulletin board asked for his handle. That's the name you want others to call you, Grandpa said. What should I call myself? Willie looked at the floor a minute, then said, I know. He typed out H-O-T. W-H-E-E-L-S. Hot Wheels. I couldn't have thought of a better handle myself, Grandpa said. Why don't we see who's talking today? Willie clicked on the button called Chat. The screen went blank for a second. Then lines of words appeared on the screen. A sentence or two would appear, separated from the other sentences by a colored bar. Willie decided that each section of words came from a different computer. The computers are talking to each other, Willie said. Well, not really, Grandpa said. There are people behind those messages. Willie read, Nat, hey, how about that game last night the Giants won again? Smiley face. Bo, just wait, my team will get them next time. Tweedley, hey, do you guys always have to talk baseball? I mean, really, there's more to life than chasing some ball. Nat, such as? Tweedley, such as asterisk, shopping, asterisk, smiley face. Bo, gag. Frowning face. Nat. Double gag. Frowning face. Why don't they use any capital letters, Willie asked. It seems like it would be easier to read if they did. On computer bulletin boards, using capital letters is like shouting. It's considered bad manners, Grandpa said. If they want to emphasize something, they use those little starry things called asterisks, and they can add a sideways smiley or frowning faces after their comments as well. Willie stared at the faces they had typed in sideways with their comments. I see, he said. So how do I talk to them? Just type it there when you have something to say, then click the send button, Grandpa said. He patted Willie on the shoulder, then went in the other room. I've always got something to say, Willie thought. His heart pounded as he typed out a message and pressed the send button. Hot Wheels. Why was the computer tired of going home? Willie took a deep breath and waited to see if there would be any response. After a moment, he read, Tweedly, Well, a newcomer. Glad to have you, Hot Wheels. I give up. Why was the computer tired after going home? Willie grinned to himself as he typed in the answer. 
because it was a hard drive, smiley face. Immediately, the others responded, Nat, bad joke, but we're glad to have you here, Hot Wheels. Bo, aw, come on, Nat, it's miles better than your baseball jokes, smiley face. Welcome, Hot Wheels. Tweedly, don't listen to these old goats, Hot Wheels. You have a real talent there. The next afternoon, Chris and Maria Vargas stopped by. Willie told his computer jokes. Then he showed them the computer. I know you can't stay long, but you've got to see this. As they came in, Coco was standing on his hind legs, reaching for what looked like a ball of fuzz next to the computer. Coco, leave that alone, Willie warned. The fuzzy thing was attached to a wire leading to the computer. What is it? Maria asked. It's my computer mouse, Willie said, patting the fuzzy thing lying by the computer. A mouse helps you choose things and move them around on a computer screen. Actually, the fuzzy part is just a cover, but Coco thinks it's a real mouse. Willie switched the computer on. First, you have to dial the bulletin board number, he explained. Then you look at the menu and choose which direction you go from there. Oh, it's a modem, Chris said. The bulletin board screen came on, but right away, Willie noticed that something was different. A message flashed at the bottom of the screen. Look, you've got a message in your mailbox. Willie clicked on the button that led them to Hot Wheels' mailbox. Instead of language he could understand, Willie found a series of numbers. 8, 15, 23, 4, 15, 5, 19, 1, 3, 15, 13, 16, 21, 20, 5, 18, 5, 1, 20, 1, 16, 9, 26, 26, 1. Look who it's signed by, Chris said. At the bottom of the message were three letters, G period, O period, D period. For today is a chapter of the Shoebox Kids, Book 2, The Case of the Secret Code, written by Glenn Robinson, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.